0: their secret mountain lair somewhere in Colorado, this is the Image Doctor's Photography Podcast with your hosts, Jason O'Dell and Rick Walker. Hello and welcome to the Image Doctor's Photography Podcast. I'm Jason O'Dell. I'm Rick Walker. It's good to be back with everyone this week. How are you doing, Rick? Good. Good. Feeling a need to get out there and do more
1: shooting though. Yeah,
0: me too. I've kind of been lazy on that. I've uh I need to get out. Uh I'm 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 work I'm in the I'm working on um edits, uh revisions uh to my Z9 ebook because of firmware 2.0. Um, and I
1: guess there's another one, right?
0: Well, there was 2.1 came out yeah. this week earlier, which uh I looked at that one and I've installed it. It didn't seem to break anything. Um uh, so I ran the, I ran the upgrade, but I haven't really used it, but, but 2.1 is more of, uh, improvements and fixes and, uh, like tweaks to the AF system and not, not radical different, whereas 2.0, they actually renumbered menu items. So I'm just going back <laughs> through that. And those of us who've written books about cameras never like to have to go back and no. re- do entire lists of things, ordered lists. So that's a pain, but, um, yeah, it's it's good, but I, I can say that I updated it, um, but I haven't really messed with it. Um, but but there were some things about the autofocus performance that looked like it was good. It was fine-tuning things, you know, mm-hmm. improving improving the behavior, keeping things from, say, locking on the background in certain situations, stuff like that. So, yeah, I'll,
1: yeah. I'll play with, hey, with it. With me, I've been doing lots of casual photography the last few weeks, but nothing serious. I'll go back to the zoo. It would be nice to get back into some serious stuff again.
0: Yeah, so there's some there's some things we can do around here in the summertime. Oh yeah, with stuff the hummingbirds are coming back, so I just got to go. There's plenty where of I can stuff. Them. So it's yeah, good, good stuff out there. Um, anything else really? Nothing really earth shattering this week. No,
1: I guess one little comment is, you know, we had talked about the updates to the um Nick plugins uh-huh. that are done by yeah. DxO. They had a new release, and it, it really I think is pretty simple to sum up. You know, they made the user interface changes to color effects and to analog effects. You know, adding a few smaller functions in there, like clear view, into color effects, mm-hmm. and some of the same additional selection methods off of the control points. You know, for luminance or um, color. Um, those are those are good. They seem very stable. Yeah. I mean, at this Wasn't point, it like the thing that we fought through a year ago where yeah. there were lots of instabilities. This seems like a clean release from what I've seen so it, far.
0: You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm never a fan of always having to pay for an upgrade. However, this mm-hmm. brings everything in line. What I will say is that, you know, being able to do the, the what you mentioned as refinements to selections with control points, which in more nitinoid terms is being able to refine things in terms of color and luminance, chrominance mm-hmm. and luminance, is a really good feature. Um, that and then having all of your plugins, um, more or less, well, not all of the plugins, but all the of those that we use, yeah. <laughs> having more or less the same interface, and again, um, you know, these are the ones that you and I probably use the most, and therefore, it's always a good idea to have them future-proofed. You know, the, yeah. you, you don't know what changes went on under the hood to make them more compatible and bug fixes and whatever. It's not always a, a feature set, but but it's good. Um, but
1: I've seen no stability problems, no performance problems. That's great. Just nothing
0: That's very in good. that
1: bad realm. So seems
0: good. I Excellent. You did a good job. So we're going to revisit a topic that we talked about, oh, a year or two ago, a long time ago. It was a topic that we kind of ended our original run with and <laughs> one that we brought back this new new and improved uh, with, which is talking more about mirrorless cameras. I know it's a thing we talk about a lot, but not which ones or, or anything like that. But to revisit this idea of why should you consider or not consider upgrading… We'll upgrading to a mirrorless system we'll call it the 2022 edition Um, there's newer cameras out there's a lot more there's a diversity of systems there's a lot more maturity in the system so so if you're thinking about getting a new camera you know there there's a couple of different ways to go um and and if you're not thinking about getting a new camera should you be i mean that's that's a thing you know because it's easy to always just you know stick with what you have there's nothing wrong with that. that's a viable answer. Okay. Right.
1: But I, I think the problem with it is you make your life too simple
0: when you do right. that. There that's you not go. something that's, we
1: would ever want.
0: No, God forbid. <laughs> um, it, anyhow, but, but let's just take a look at sort of the state of, of the, you know, camera systems, you know, as, as, as a, as a mirrorless, as a concept now compared to where we were just even a few years ago, some of the improvements, differences, and why, you know, the these are viable and or or worth your consideration because mm-hmm. um, I know a lot of people have kind of been holding out. Oh, I'll 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 go maybe um, and I'll say this um, just to start off. If if I were going to be upgrading my camera, you know, bu- not not upgrading. If I were be buying a new camera at all right now, I'd probably want to be buying a mirrorless, regardless of which brand I bought. Yeah, I, I wouldn't recommend at this point to somebody who's already got a DSLR and looking to to replace it, getting a new or a, a, another DSLR with with some caveats. In general, I think if you're going to spend money, mirrorless is probably the way to go, and and here's why, <laughs> right? So, yeah, there might be a
1: few exceptions I would make on that, but yeah, but, but in, in general, general, I would say yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean, there, and, and like I said, there's lots of different ways you can go. So, like, um, and, and just one of the things, um, uh, you know, there's the improvements in technology, but I'm going to start with something that's a little bit lower down on our, our list um, right now is that there's a tremendous diversity of system choices within mirrorless cameras now. Um, so, if you were thinking about going to something different, you can go like what we were talking about a few weeks ago with a very small form factor, smaller sensor cameras, or you can even go all the way up to a medium format, hundred megapixel mirrorless cameras, which are quite nice. Yeah. And everything in between.
1: I started using the mirrorless very early, you know, like 2009 or whatever it was when the micro four thirds format came Mm -hmm. out. And, You know, at that point in time, they were interesting. They were kind of fun to use. Um, They had their advantages at that point. You know, we're just talking small formats, So they ended up being small Mm -hmm. and lightweight with small and lightweight lenses. So, you know, you could have this very small kit um, in comparison with your DSLR system. But, oh my gosh, have they changed a lot during that time. It's gone from just only micro four thirds to APS-C and then full frame and then medium format. Right. So you've got all the choices out there and mirrorless does solve some problems with some mm-hmm. of those formats.
0: Well, and this is where all and I would also say um you know this is where all the companies are spending their R&D money by and large. So all of the new lens designs that are coming out are coming out for the mirrorless systems not, and the mirrorless lenses across the board just tend to be better. Um, they just tend to be better they're better designs they're newer designs and then due to some of the design characteristics with the shorter flange distances and whatnot they just perform better Mm -hmm. Uh, they just do so if you want the best lenses they're probably going to be coming out for the mirrorless cameras and and so you know that that's a thing to consider now you hear a lot of you know you look around and see why people are reluctant to to move and and you know, one one of the things is, well, I don't want an electronic viewfinder. Well, I'd say the electronic viewfinders are actually very good now, at least in many systems.
1: I would say it even stronger. I would not go back to using a DSLR system, and a lot of it has to do with the viewfinder.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and and let's talk about that for briefly. You know, one of the mm-hmm. things, first of all, if you're in relatively low light conditions, and I don't mean the dark, but I mean indoors, low light. You've got a bright viewfinder. Yeah. You can see everything in there. Uh, it's very nice. Um, and then, more importantly for me, is it's it changes the game for the way you handle the camera because you have displays in the viewfinder that your DSLR will never have, like your histogram <laughs> or a, a artificial horizon or whatever. You know, different kinds of overlays or maybe no overlays. Um, and some of these manufacturers are coming out with ways to to even improve the night vision stuff. So, like, I know on my Z9, I can turn everything red. So, it's just a red, one I of the concerns that F- I have. Fujis
1: have that option, too.
0: So, I mean, I haven't messed with it. I probably should. But, um, you know, there are things that used to be a big deal about that. and And certainly, two, three, certainly five years ago, EVFs weren't as good as they are now. But they have gotten very good. Um, and they make the experience absolutely worthwhile. Yeah,
1: they certainly don't bother me.
0: Um, what about improvements to things like you know the other technology things? Mirrorless cameras are where it's going to be if you want the latest in autofocus. Mm-hmm. And by that, we mean things like tracking, subject tracking and subject detection automatic you know which we've talked about at length so we don't need to go into that but no. those features don't show up in DSLR some of them have kind of some tracking modes but true real the most um advanced algorithms are all on the mirrorless side and that's pretty much regardless of manufacturer i want to say yeah and they're all going that way
1: oh yeah most definitely
0: what are some other things we're seeing technologically
1: well, um, something that I think is very, very helpful is either the elimination of the mechanical shutter, or at the very least, not necessarily needing to use the mechanical shutter and other things that are moving. <laughs> right. You know, and and you know we talked about different formats and stuff. A medium format is the one that to me, makes it really jump out. If you were using an older style medium format camera, you know, a DSLR or an SLR or something like that, you pretty much were forced to put the thing on a tripod and lock up the mirror. Right. If it was one with a focal plane shutter, because when that thing went off, it was just like bang. And if you were at the wrong shutter speed, you just were not going to get a sharp photo. And when you combine the idea of being able to use an electronic shutter at those kind of shutter speeds so that there's just no vibration um, with also potentially an IBIS system built into the camera, like on my Fuji, where it enables me to easily hand hold it in ways I wouldn't have probably contemplated before. It just really opens up the options. So I think things like medium format have really been blessed by the introduction
0: of mirrorless. I would agree. I mean, you take the mirror out, that's huge. But mm-hmm. you take the shutter out. Um, you can do things. Um, not the least of which is true silent shooting. So you've got absolutely silent, which can be a huge, it's a huge joy. Yeah, it can be a, a real I love that. Room. And then, you know, for indoor stuff or or things that would otherwise be um, a distraction, um, you know, or distracting. So like weddings or whatever, you're not clicking away. Um, but also you can generate some of these really crazy um high frame rates so you know it's the mirrorless cameras that have the 20 30 <laughs> frames per second or even faster if you if you use certain certain tricks um, and then just removing that from the system means it's one less moving part to fail mm-hmm. so your camera potentially has a tremendously long shelf life you know like lifespan. You know, you don't have to worry about shutter ratings anymore, right? Yeah. At least for, for those. And, and even if you're using a mirrorless camera with a mechanical shutter, you're probably using it less. So you're not putting as much wear and tear on it.
1: Yeah. One funny thing from that Portugal trip, you know, I, I took a lot of people photos, as mm-hmm. you would guess. And I, I was doing one early on of one of the other couples. Um, and, you know, I got um, them set up in a nice spot, took the shots. And they said, "Well, but you didn't take any pictures." Yeah, I said, "I, said, I took three of them." Right. I said we never heard anything. Of yeah. course, you didn't. Right. I'm going.
0: I'm going under the radar.
1: Yeah, um, but it, it is nice for um, situations where you don't want to be as obvious, and and you also have the option frequently of some flip out or you know flip up screen where you can you know compose mm-hmm. something without someone really realizing that you're
0: taking the shot well it hey just can i mean help
1: with the candid shots th- think
0: about wildlife shooting and unfortunately where i used to go and lead workshops in texas isn't open for business anymore but i mean we used to sit in those blinds and you're trying to be quiet for the birds and then <laughs> Shut it yeah. off right i mean i wish i could go back there now and, and shoot with my z9 um that would be a
1: blast I bet. It, it,
0: it would be amazing Well, especially with some of the lenses that we have now uh, and stuff like that but you know all of these things are are great um you know these are these are uh and you mentioned ibis well that's although there were some ibis systems in a few um dslr DSLRs. type cameras yeah. uh, not in any of the the major ones that we ever talked about you know having ibis Uh, is great because um you know again if you're a purist about optics and and you're making these you know you want the best glass let's say i mean which is not something that either of us have to do you know it's nice but it's not Mm -hmm. mandatory but manufacturers can design shorter lenses now to be stabilized that don't need to have the vr element the floating element in the lens meaning that they can be optically better um you know, potentially better. Uh, You can get stabilization on your old lenses too. I mean, we've talked about that. So if you are in the process of migrating, all of a sudden you've got an older, unstabilized 50 millimeter lens and you just want to use it, go ahead and and you get VR on it now or IS or whatever you want to call it.
1: And while neither of us are big video people, there are a lot of video improvements with mirrorless and and IBIS just makes the video so much better.
0: Yeah, and I would just say
1: bouncing around if you're hand holding
0: if you're serious about doing any kind of cinematic style video a mirrorless camera is what you want for yeah. for a lot of reasons yeah. um just just um not the least of which is because they're quieter And the the, the new lenses focus almost silently and all all of those things you can do. Plus, they just have better output options and and technology is newer.
1: One one last thing on our list of pros, wasn't one I thought of earlier, Um, but it's infrared, right? And we've talked about that, Mm -hmm. but infrared is so much easier with
0: a mirrorless camera. It it definitely is um, for a lot of reasons, um, but that's a different topic. Yeah, Uh, so I agree, but... But I have an infrared mirrorless camera, and that's why. And I that's why I, I've I've in fact the first cameras I ever converted were used Fuji mirrorless mm-hmm. for that reason. It's just easier to 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 do when you're shooting something as yeah. potentially weird as infrared. Is.
1: And it is weird, and it gets weirder with a DSLR with exposure yeah. and different. things. Oh yeah, and, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So let's now, talk about the flip side. Right. What are some of the things that would make us not necessarily recommend a mirrorless upgrade to to someone who's currently got a DSLR system.
0: You know, I think a lot of the a lot of these arguments against getting a mirrorless camera, it's really arguments against spending money for any new camera mm-hmm. uh, for the most part. I mean it becomes an economic argument, I think, at this point. If you're in the market for a new camera, y- you would potentially want to look at I mean, I would strongly consider mirrorless just because of all the things we said. However, anytime you buy a new camera, and especially if you buy a new system, there's the ancillary costs associated with either switching systems or um, you know, or just changing um, the, you know the camera itself because that's going to be new lenses. It's going to be new accessories, potentially new memory cards, all of that halo effect, which may manufacturers are going to
1: need to stay in business. May uh, new, require new software. If you've been using very old software that hasn't been upgraded in years, that
0: stuff won't support the new cameras. Right. So, so you know, I, I think the bulk of the argument against buying a mirrorless camera if you already got a DSLR is simply the cost, um, because you are looking at buying into a completely new system. And while you can use your existing lenses in many cases with an adapter, you're going to find yourself wishing you had the native ones eventually.
1: Everyone I know that's made the switch has ended up in that point eventually. It's just a matter of how long it took them. You know, in some cases it was a week (laughs) before they (laughs) started replacing other things um, to, you know, months or a year, but, but they all go down that path.
0: You know, and another thing, and I don't want to like, you know, caution our our listeners on things, but there is a learning curve associated with new cameras and new, and especially the mirrorless ones where they're so complex in terms of the way you can customize them. I think they're really easy to use, but I think in terms of customizations, I've seen a lot of my clients coming to me for questions like with the Z9 or other, just because they're overwhelmed with, oh my God, all these buttons, what the heck do I do with them? Um, and what are these features and 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 things? And that would be the case with kind of any new system, but it's going to be amplified a little bit with mirrorless.
1: Yeah, I, I think in order to really make some of those new features like the subject recognition and tracking and stuff really sing, it, it ends up requiring a level of expertise um, and patience. You know, you you've got to devote some time to learning. You can't just pick it up and Instantly get great shots that might happen, but probably you'll struggle a little bit. I mean, I think it depends
0: on how you migrate to. Like, for me, going mm -hmm. from a D850 to a Z7 was not that hard, but I'm I'm used to that system. But if you're going completely different systems,
1: I'm thinking more like going to your Z9, yeah, and just think about all the things that you personally had to work through, absolutely, sort out how to best use that system. And I'm still learning it, yeah, yeah, so you've got to either be able to devote the time or find some that's written a good ebook like yours, you know, that can help, you know, give Mm -hmm. you a good jump start. but it is something to think about. If you're the kind of person that doesn't like messing with those kinds of things, you might be
0: better off sticking with your DSLR. Right. Um, And, you know, the, for better or worse, most of the DSLRs are basically as mature as it's going to get in terms of the technology. Mm -hmm. um they're probably not going to get a lot of firmware updates uh anymore Uh, they might but that's going to be less rare so if you're sticking with an even a new older model camera don't expect them to get updated to a lot of stuff um and that's that's fine uh most things can handle them um on the flip side uh you know in terms of staying in the dslr land you've got not only a mature system with a lot of lens choices, but a tremendous amount of used market choices as well. Yeah. And that can be, again, if it becomes an economic thing, but it's, if you're looking for, for that, you're not going to find a lot of inexpensive used gear in the mirrorless side uh, of the house compared to what you have for DSLR.
1: And while you can always adapt things, you know, what we're really talking about are native choices.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and the adapters, quite frankly, don't work as great as people make them out to be. At least when you're going between mount systems, it's oh god, fine man. when they go within the mount. Like, like I have no issues with the Nikon um, FTZ adapter. And I know the same thing is true with the Canon one. Right, but it's when you're, adapt, when you're trying to adapt when you're trying to adapt a Canon lens to a Nikon body or a Sony lens okay. or whatever. You know that you know they work, but they don't work as well. They become it's the grass isn't necessarily greener. we'll put you, it that you way.
1: better have a lot of patience there too
0: so there are um, a lot
1: of hidden issues
0: anyway um so you know that that that's where we're at right now i know a lot you know because we're it, it's interesting because we go out and you've been noticing um you know what are you seeing when you when you see other photographers and we still see a lot of people shooting dslrs um typically lower end ones not not uh fancy stuff um so it's interesting um you know one thing that comes up a lot of times about um why people like stick with a dslr also is battery life Um, and while it's true that a mirrorless camera will use battery more aggressively than a dslr will you can set up your mirrorless camera to have much better battery life than than what's on paper on on the uh, the spec sheet, because that's done under a very specific type of circumstance, a very specific test regime. Um, I've not had any major issues, although I do carry an extra battery with me when I'm doing hardcore, you know, workshop I, I style. I
1: bring an extra battery battery with me, but honestly, I did with DSLRs too. <laughs> right?
0: Yeah. No, and, it's just a and good Just practice. a good
1: anecdotal story, you know, the trip to Portugal after shooting with the camera. For more than a week, the battery was down to 60%, and yeah, I decided there you go. to charge it. <laughs> there you go. So, did I have a whole lot of problems with batteries on that trip? No. <laughs>
0: right. So, we bring this up not because it should sway your mind one way or another, but because if you do things properly, it's not necessarily the deal breaker that some have made it out to sound
1: like. Yeah. And I, and I, you know, related to that, one of the things I will say, Yeah, having used a fair number of the things out there. If you look on, you know, a lot of the internet forums, you could believe that nothing works. Right. You know, and that (laughs) humans have never made a product. horribly (laughs) flawed and terrible and all this stuff. And, oh, my gosh, that, you know, you've got some people with some serious mental health issues out there and, and it's easy to spot them. Yeah. So I, I would not get scared off by what you read on some of the forums. Cause it's they're They're not necessarily competent people, <laughs> their issues, right. but not to the level of
0: what's right. often made out to be. There's a lot of very happy professionals and enthusiast photographers out there just taking pictures and using their systems. Yeah. So, um, before we end, we have, uh, just want to reiterate the, our upcoming workshop, uh, travel schedule. Um, the first one of course is now live out on our, we announced it on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash image doctors. And that is our Denver urban, uh, slash travel photography. I'll use travel photography in quotes. It's, it's, um, you know, it's a style of city and urban and street photography and food photography that lends itself very well to traveling. Um, And that's in the end of September, first weekend of October, Uh, it's live. And so you can register, registration is open for that. Um, My um, trip to uh, Badlands National Park is in mid-September and that's also open. I have some slots available there if people want to do landscape workshop in South Dakota. It's still one of my favorite places to shoot. And then we have our Santa Fe um travel style uh photography workshop where we have, I think, two slots left, and that is coming in the end of uh Oct- I think October nineteenth through twenty third. Yeah.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. And that should be a, a great trip. Santa Fe and Taos are so much fun. Right. Um and like you said, I think there are two slots left. We don't know when those will go, but it could be quick. You know, yeah. it could be one couple. And I think couples would really enjoy this. Absolutely. You know, that would be my take. It Absolutely. would be one of the nicest places. Some places I wouldn't recommend at all.
0: And our schedule is is very casual. It's not mm-hmm. hardcore, you know, pounding the pavement at 4.30 in the morning. I no, no, say. no. So that, you know, it's, it's, it's a little more low key and laid back. And then I have a trip to White Sands. Um, uh, New Mexico landscape. I've got a couple slots open still. That one's mostly full, but I have a couple openings and that's the first week of November when we get that beautiful pastel light in the, in the mornings. So um, that should be fun. Sun. Yeah, it's a, it's really cool. It's so iconic. It's so different. Um, yeah. I like shooting there. All right. Well, um, anything else, Rick, that you want to mention? No, I think that's good. We better go find some stuff to take pictures of because it's. has so All right. Well, until next time, happy shooting. All right. Bye-bye.